Hi, welcome to If the Shoe Bill Fits, your premier Final Fantasy XIV lore podcast. And today, we are all Manderville men. My name is Sean, he, him. Uh, I am Chad, quack, quack. Uh, and today we are talking about the Endwalker added Manderville quests, which lead into the Manderville relic weapon. Maybe that's uh, what you're talking about. I'm talking about Croatia knocking Canada out of uh, the World Cup. <laughs> Hashtag oh. go Balkans. <laughs> <laughs> the least patriotic Croatian versus the most patriotic Canadian, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, and I think that um, this uh, this series of quests is great because it proves that we are right about everything and it lets us do a little victory lap over just about everything in the game. Yeah, I, I take the uh, airtight position that anything I guess right uh, – like deserves a victory lap and was sincere and is proof of my forward thinking. Anything I guess wrong, I was just joking. Yeah, anything anything with fucking free ball was like, yeah, it was just a joke, just a prank, bro. Yeah, like no. I, mean, I don't know why you're taking this so seriously. I think we've I think we've been pretty good about actually saying when it's like that's a call, this is going to happen versus like, oh yeah, next next episode, uh guys Van Belsar is gonna show up in a uh such mendacity wear your seasonings shirt. Uh, <laughs> but, but make I mean make no mistake it hasn't happened yet but uh, like a lot of things that I say the the operative word is yet Kimetsu no Yaiba crossover is coming oh god please which, please god which will which in a really funny way means that like that would mean that Rengoku-san is now canon with like Siegfried in Soul Calibur in one mm-hmm. glorious union, all connected through the lightning rod that is Yoko Taro. Mm-hmm. All things in unity. Yes. So, how does the Manderville quest begin? Well, it begins like all of them. You're missing a Manderville. The Manderville has been mislocated. He's gone. You got to figure it out. This is, of course, after watching uh, the nefarious alchemist instruct Greg to take him far, far away and all three of them descending into a mysterious portal of darkness. Speaking of, uh, Chad, are you familiar with the infamous Reddit post about the dude spending $16,000 on the Final Fantasy phone game? Uh, no. Well, the center of his mental breakdown is spending $5,000 to get Greg in uh, the Final Fantasy phone game. And it's described in horror that he's like, $99, still no Greg. $99, still no Greg. $99, where's Greg? And I w- never before have I related to someone I so reviled, right? Because where is Greg in these missions? Yeah. I also, like, hopefully at once, at some point, he dropped an I've been had. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think once you cross, like, the $20,000 mark, what'll happen is... He'll get up, he'll put his phone down, he'll get up, he'll go use the restroom, he'll sit in front of the mirror going, what have I done? And he'll look up, and he is Greg. Yeah, he has been Greg all along. Much like Yojimbo in the uh, trial, right? Uh, truly, all things must return to Greg. But no, uh, this has actually been, the, the start of this plot is actually kind of fucking triumphal in several ways. Because firstly, uh, we knew it was going to happen like this, right? Because we know that uh, Hildebrand had been summoned to the first, right? We saw him in Heroes Gauntlet. If you've been very fortunate, right? Like yes. if you've run Heroes Gauntlet enough, which we have, because the music and the plot is just great. It's wonderful. Uh, it, 
Word of the Wise, start playing the game in uh, Shadowbringers, not in Endwalker. So it's not just yeah. these do-once dungeons and never see them again. Pro tip there. Yeah, yeah, especially because, like, with the exception of that Frog of War Crimes, Shadowbringers tends to just hit it out of the park with its dungeons. Yeah. Uh, I still, I still, to this day, there for several dungeons, I have hotkeys that I have saved, but they have nothing to do with mechanics. Mm -hmm. uh, they have these are your everything. shit post hotkeys. Yeah, these are my shit post hotkeys. So, like, the <laughs> best ones are for the vault, right? Like when mm -hmm. I walk in, I'm like, man, Heaven's Word is such a such an exciting expansion. This is such an improvement over the writing of Realm Reborn. I can't wait to uh to you know experience Orshifon and Emmerich and Stormblood and watch everybody cry. Um mm -hmm. uh I love when the bull rises up in the air and he goes, I have the power and I immediately hit my hockey going, the only thing you have is a DMCA notice from Hasbro. Um but the other one that I have is for uh Holminster Switch where I can't stop talking about how excited I am. One like I go, wow, this is such a neat dungeon. And then we fight the 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 first Sin Eater. And I'm like, hey, that's the son of a bitch that stabbed Tesseline. So we're going to go rescue Tesseline in this dungeon. That's awesome. Yay! And then, we, and then, I, and then I'll always get like dot, 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 or oh, dear. And then we go forward, and, I'm, and there she emerges. I'm like, what? Tesseline? Okay, so we're going to beat the corruption out of her, right? Mm -hmm. And then I'll, I'll, I'll always add to it by like standing over going, so does she uncorrupt at the end of the dungeon or what? <laughs> <laughs> this is an abstract kind of bullying, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, so in a roundabout way, I'm agreeing that Shadowbringers is, uh, is peak dungeon experience, especially since it allows vault level shit posting. But I yeah. pay for my crimes with the frog. Yeah. Speaking of shit posting, um, the... Quest takes you first to Radzat Han, where Nashu has been stalked once more by the stinky Lollafell, who tells you that Hildebrand is unconscious and Nashu is no longer investigating, and this makes him sad. So he wants you to go fix Hildebrand, and you're like, you're gross, but I will go do this thing. And upon finding him unconscious, as uh, all your friends, the Scions, were, you're like, oh, right, I did see his ghost that one time during uh, Hero's Gauntlet, so I should probably go to the first. And uh, you go to the first, and it's phenomenal because it's formatted exactly like the role quests were in uh, Shadowbringers, right? That you would go up and find out about a particular uh, Sin Eater, right? A particular one of the Light Wardens. And then he would send you along to a helper who would like, we have these specific requirements for hunting this particular Light Warden, right? And... Uh, uh, former warrior of light right and this is set up exactly the same way where he's like thank you for telling me about your your missing friend i will go speak and find other people who are looking for him and then you are told that there's a a new mysterious light warden just posing menacingly at people and uh you're like okay i'm pretty sure that's hildebrand and they're like okay cool yeah but then you have a little interview with Giot, and i have to ask did you was your cutscene with Giot? Uh, when you did it? I don't recall, to be honest with you. Because there, there, there was like this really big gap and my brain is overloaded with volleyball whenever I try to recall this. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to get to that in a second. Uh, the reason I ask is because Giat is great. They're clearly a, uh, she's clearly a fan favorite of the, the team, right? 
but uh, I was doing it as a healer. I was just coincidentally doing it as Sage. So that, like, I was like, wait, it, does it match the person whose role quest you did, like, or what role you're in with the thing? But, like, this would all be really well explained if I had done it with Bard and it was still Kiyot, right? I wouldn't be thinking along these lines. <laughs> but because I was Sage and it just happened to line up, I'm like, God damn it. But no, uh, Giot regales you with exactly what happened. And this is a perfect kind of anti-irony, right? Because yeah. Giot's description of what happens is one-to-one the script for the scene. And then uh, you later get the flashback. In fact, three of you get the flashback because the two guards with you also have the echo. So you all see the flashback. And I think that's just a fun note because it reflects on the plot of Shadowbringers very accurately. And people might not remember that as much, right? Uh, that... Hildebrand did appear as a uh, one of the summoned heroes of light in the Champion of Heroes. Giat looked at them and was like, "Piss off, ghost!" and then punched Hildebrand straight <laughs> back to hell. Right, and this is literally Giat's description down to the quote being exactly the same. So this is obviously a Thor uh, Ragnarok reference. The when Korg goes, "Piss off, ghost!" Right, like he's the guy who's voiced by Taika Waititi in that movie. So yes, now I, it's just immaculate. And then you go down to Sullen with those two investigators uh, searching for the anomalous poser, the sin eater who just poses at people. And you find out he's somewhere in the forest, uh, probably in there, probably the same guy, probably not a sin eater because he hasn't actually sin eated anybody. And, you know, he helped this one guy get back to uh, the road, but then just posed at him menacingly. And that was probably enough for him. So you go out there and the guards are like, there's a whole fucking forest. We're never going to find him. And you're like, wait, wait. I got this. And then you hit the the button that you just got because you binged all the Manderville quests, Manderville Mambo, and you do it. And then it cuts to like a time jump cut. And now everyone that you went with is doing the Manderville Mambo with you. And of course, Hildebrand shows up. And yeah, what does and he get? A... What does he get? He gets the fucking Light Warden boss introduction title <laughs> card. <laughs> my favorite fucking thing and it's playing insatiable and i'm like oh my fucking god final fantasy this is immaculate right like i i also love that there's a tongue-in-cheekness to the fact that um we were supposed to get manderville quests in shadowbringers mm-hmm. but a combination between like covid and all the cut content like like it can't be surprising we lost hildebrand and shadowbringers when Ranjit lost approximately his whole fucking story. But Stormblood was so obviously there to set up that we were going to have a Shadowbringers Hildebrand. And up to this point, like, Nashu and him, and you seeing him as a Light Warden there, are, they they basically, I love that they unironically just hand wave it. The The dialogue basically says, yeah, we were going to have him as Shadowbringers, but uh, an indeterminate amount of time passed and just, Go get them, and we're going to skip that expansion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I think that this is interesting because if it's someone who skipped skipped Shadowbringers with a story skip to get to Endwalker and stuff, they're not going to get why this rules and why it, like, blasting Insatiable and having the title card about him being a Light Warden is as good as it is, right? So then... He's like, I'm a light warden. And you're like, no, you're not. And he's like, I'm pretty sure I am. And you're like, no, you're a gentleman of light. Okay, get your shit together. And uh, the guards ask it like, it's no use. How are we ever going to return him to his true self? And you're like, hang on, I got this. And you pull out like the largest Nashu bomb thus far introduced, right? A new larger one will be introduced. But this one is so far the status quo. 
Yeah, and it's also it's also great because you are it you were kind of getting there in Heavensward and Stormblood, but you are now like firmly rooted on in the Manderville cast. Yeah, you're in right? the Manderville universe. You couldn't produce yeah. this bomb during like Endwalker itself, right? But now right. that you're and, in the Manderville zone again. <laughs> and the characters the characters are practically doing Manderville quests, right? Where they're like, it doesn't make any sense. And you're like, it it does. Look, you throw a bomb at him and he knows who he is. God, it, it's it's fine. Right? You you're you're no longer even like the translator where you're like, yes, I know it's weird. Now you're like, why do you think it's weird? Bomb. Mm-hmm. There's also the earlier thing that when you accept this quest from the smelly Lollifel, he's like, don't you remember me? I'm this guy. And one of the answers you have is, uh, I have had so many concussions as a Marvel that I remember my own name. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're going to have to reintroduce yourself, my bud. Right. And uh, of course, what follows is, oh, someone has been watching a whole lot of Hayaku right, lately. Chad, have you watched any Hayaku? I have not. You will know it as the volleyball anime. But like this <laughs> sequence and the way it's shot is literally like season finale Hayaku shit, where it's like uh, Hil- uh, Hildebrand volleys it right back to you. And then the other guy dives, <laughs> pops it up. Other guy sets it and you, of course, spike it down. And just Manderville does the, the, the like insane Manderville, like Jim Carrey rubber face thing. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you blast off all his wings and light wardenness and uh, his uh, fucked up makeup, and just reveal the blown up suit, Hildebrand underneath. And then you immediately head back to Becklug, and you're like, "Hey, fucking wizard crystal, this some bitch." And Becklug's like, "I can't, I, I can't do this every day, man." And you're like, "I know, dog, but uh, how about this one more time?" And they're like, fine, 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 fine. So you go back home. And you immediately find yourself in Dragon Ball Z. Because uh, Hildebrand has been kidnapped. Uh, the sleeping Hildebrand. Nashi was not doing a very good job watching him. Uh, the Oxerata were also doing a not very good watching him. Good job watching him. And you have to like track the dude who stole him through the city. And you find out that uh, there's this other guy, Delian, uh, running around who is a massive conspiracy theorist. But he is absolutely right about every conspiracy theory he advocates, except uh, a lot of the time they're like, not the right antagonist. He has misidentified the antagonist, right? Rico brought up an interesting point about this that uh, I hadn't really considered, but something was feeling a little off while dealing with this particular character, which is that in any other time, this character would have been really funny. But in the United States, dealing with conspiracy theorists is a little exhausting right now. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he's just standing out as like, God, this is why I stay away from Twitter. Uh, the funnier thing about this is I actually have a theory that this is actually a no shit Steven Universe reference. Really? Yes, because his name is Delian. Mm-hmm. There's a character in Steven Universe called Ronaldo. Which, if you notice, is a uh, if you do an LR substitution, is actually a portmanteau. Mm-hmm. Uh, same exact character. He's also like the most loathed character in Steven Universe. I, it's really funny because you make a compelling case, but you are you are suspect pending inquisitorial review anytime you see a Steven Universe reference. Yes, right? so, like like. Sean sits at the end of the table as we all watch and marvel, and Jeremy gets concerned. 
as he's got his mashed potatoes and like he's slowly carving Steven Universe episodes. Yeah, uh, this is absolutely true. But I've, it's been a minute since <laughs> I said there was one. And I was like hesitant on this until it just like lined up like pretty well. So the, the I'll give my little justification for it. Not only is the character Ronaldo a conspiracy theorist who has a newsletter that nobody reads. Uh, his specific thing is that he calls the nature of the uh, uh, alien invasion on Earth perfectly. He just misidentifies who the bad guy is. So Ronaldo classically says, there's rock people who use their holographic powers to invade, and they're among us right now. And he's talking to Steven, who is, in fact, half rock person using his like light powers to like just exist as a dude. Uh, this is exactly what Delian does about the Lopretz, right? Like, 100%. Yeah, now, also, don't get me wrong. Like, Dale Gribble characters are generally great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and okay, if you've been on Imgur lately, there's been like this big push to like sanitize and be like, turns out Dale Gribble was the sane one on the show. And it's like, no, no, he wasn't. <laughs> okay, th- this is the dude that held out his hand to the fire ants and went, these bastards have been wanting a bite of this for 25 years. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, Dale Gribble was right about nothing. Uh, yeah. But he's he's he is always such a fun character, even though yes, I I do understand the case of like. I don't want to hear about conspiracy theories right now, even though mm-hmm. it is given the extremely aggressive 1950s woo, UFO coming like it begs to have some, a, a truth is out there guy. Yeah. And last point on it, the uh, Ronaldo's last act in Steven Universe is going with Steven to the tower moon base that the gems had as a forward base on the moon before invading the Earth, which is exactly what. Uh, Delian says in this exact quest. So I was like, when he said that, I was like, okay, maybe it's just, maybe I'm not crazy. Maybe my my like Stephen Blue Car syndrome isn't real for this one. Because again, I don't think anything in this game has alluded to any Steven Universe content directly. I just think they have parallel thinking, right, about like hauntology and like notions of family and found family, right, like which we've talked about extensively and which like are pretty fucking common themes nowadays, right, for a lot of reasons. Uh, but this one, I think, is like, OK, I think someone did actually watch Steven Universe <laughs> on this, right? Like, if only the translator, right? Like, mm-hmm. because oh, I don't exactly know what he's got in. Um, I can't read his Japanese text, right? Like, And as you know, if you've watched anything like on Netflix that's uh, dubbed over in English, the subtitles, the English subtitles match up to the original dialogue. Uh, not the translated dialogue. And so things just don't line up at all. So I could be misapprehending it in the original text, but I don't have access to the original text. I have access to the document in front of me and that author is dead as fuck. I left him in a day. Yeah, so. yeah you're sitting there where like the <laughs> post-structuralism is, it, it's kicking off in weird places that man was never meant to go. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, wait, it's the same body of work. No, the alteration of the dialogue box creates a new body of work, which supersedes the previous body of work until I have interfaced with it as an independent entity. Factually true, right? That's the core of adaptation theory, where you're like, <laughs> it's not faithful to the movie. It's like, okay, yeah, but that doesn't mean like it's definitely not because the fucking movie was a thing that I watched on a little screen, and this is a video game, totally different, <laughs> can't be the same, right? Uh, so, uh, upon finding the the merchant, you find out it's the guy from the bad guy from the Hengen quests, right? The guy who invent was using the deadly do prism 
thing to mind control people. And he's like, aha, I've I've resworn myself to villainy in a manner that will never backfire as a Dragon Ball Z <laughs> villain talks to him because he's giving him over in exactly the same manner as the uh, iconic Dragon Ball Z movie, World's Strongest, right? Now, if you haven't seen World's Strongest, it's what, what you would think, basically. There's an evil scientist on, like, some distant base. I don't think it's the North Pole one. I think that's the multiple androids one. Uh, who wants the strongest Earth human to be his, like, new body now that he's just, like, a brain in a jar, right? Well, Which this you know, scientist... Yeah, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Z is so aggressively Dragon Ball Z that like even if you've never watched an episode of Dragon Ball Z, you see a blatant reference and you go, mm, this smells like Goku. Yeah. Right? Like, and there's... absolutely there have been a shitload of DBZ references in the fucking uh Hildebrand quest so far, right? Godbert Manderville literally goes Super Saiyan like once a fucking arc, right? Yeah, and it's so weird because like Dragon Ball Z relies on and also set the trend of a bunch of like manga troops, but there <laughs> is just something so distinctly Akira Toriyama. Yes, and so the, the specifically the weird fucked up robot with the like skull robot head with the brain in it—that is the the most Toriyama drawn like reference thing that they've got. <laughs> right, it, even and the other thing that's common in these Hildebrand quests is the like smile or weird face before you get killed by an explosion. <laughs> right, that happens at like. Four times a quest in Hildebrand, totally a Dragon Ball thing. This and going to the moon, right? Obviously, the the moon features heavily in this because it's related to their like ability to shape change. Whole thing, pretty great. Yeah, like we were dangerously close to Hildebrand turning into a giant monkey. That would have been excellent. I want to see Hildebrand <laughs> go uh, go uh, Ozaru, right? That's a uh, so upon this occasion, Hildebrand is threatened to go to the moon because. Nashu heaves the fucking soul crystal at him, just overhand, just fucking Gary Johnson's that motherfucker, <laughs> right? Like, uh, uh, sorry, not Gary Johnson. Fuck, I fucked it up. Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson, right? Yeah, like she, uh, we we can salvage this. She heaved it at him with velocity lethal to the bird. Yeah, <laughs> she bird proofs the space between her and Hildebrand, right? Uh, and uh, the crystal releases his soul. He pops up, accidentally hits a self-destruct slash launch rocket button on the back of the big DBZ evil Dr. Jadao. Uh, finds himself on a missile and is launched into low orbit. Just kidding. It comes crashing back down and now he's safe. It's fine. Oh, wait, no. The actual UFO that the Delian said was coming shows up and abducts him to the fucking moon for real this time. Of course, this means it's the end of the quest, and because the quests are episodic, we get a little episode bumper. And uh, this little episode bumper is uh, the most anime, right? It's the most everyone's running along a beach. It lacks the quality of the other Hildebrand end cards, which are usually next time on, like flashes forward much more in a noir sense, and much less in an anime sense. And uh, this one is purely musical, shows the whole cast jogging very cutely along the beach, in a very, like, I would describe as Rumiko Takahashi sort of manner, uh, who herself is having sort of renaissance because the, uh, uh, what's it called, like, Yurime Yatsura? Like, the first, the, the anime that invented waifuism. Man, I like, didn't realize that, like, waifuism was invented. I just assumed there was always some otaku that sat there naked on a rock and said that, like, before man was, waifuism waited for him. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wahinism is gone. <laughs> yes. No, it was uh, it it was for a variety of reasons, and I'm not gonna like justify that thesis. Lots of people have written a lot of words on it and I could re recite them, but it is unnecessary. Just know that like Rumiko Takahashi basically invented like all the anime tropes you use that were not by like um uh Gona Guy or whatever, right? Yeah, that that also brings me to a funny aside, which is the uh, I got the person there playing through Heaven's Word right now, and mm -hmm. like their timing is just terrible on their observations because he's all like, <laughs> he's all like, he there he is walking through the broom on this one quest, and he's all like, I, and I'm just telling him about oddities about our server, like stay away from that guild. The person that runs it is. Uh, buys a lot more online shit for underage people than she should be buying and watch out for that person or that person is cool. Just join that guild for the buffs. Right. And, and he's mm -hmm. listening to all of this and he goes, you know, in all of this, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really glad that you haven't given in to the whole <coughs> waifu thing that seems real fucking popular here. And then he turns <laughs> around and gets the fucking quest from Hilda. And I went funny. You should mention that. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> let, so, let me explain. You know no, there's too much. Let me sum up. Right? <laughs> so you know how Christmas is coming up. Anyway, <laughs> just keep her and pillows in mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh the this end bit also has the classic anime reference that it's like see you later investigator, right? It's the see you later space cowboy from yeah. Cowboy Bebop, right? Like we're it's fully weeb, right? Like we've weebed out completely. I've referenced like four anime and a cartoon, right? <laughs> and we're like one quest in. So now you uh Nashu is gonna continue being just the dumbest human to ever live <laughs> dumbest makote in the world right like and she's like there's this paper and it describes the the investigator getting taken to space it even describes him trying to swim away and getting hit by a jar and it says he must have been taken to the moon it's like nashi we were there yeah like <laughs> we saw what happened we know the guy that was there is delian delian came with us and she's like <laughs> Yeah, but there must be some insight there. And I'm like, don't think I, so. Let's just go to the moon. <laughs> I will never be able to live down when I was talking to Rico when I was doing the first uh, – when I was doing the Hildebrand quest for the first time. And I look over and I go, oh, so, so is this going to be the trope where, like, Hildebrand is endearing but stupid and Nashu is the smart one that has her <laughs> shit together? <laughs> and you you have never seen the Zizek face in real life before. Yeah, just like, like this. No. <laughs> 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 yeah. So uh Nashu packs her bags, packs some bombs, and then you all roll up. Delian comes with you, apparently. He snuck ahead and was stopped by the gate guard trying to get into the Tower of Babel. Uh and then you due to a mix up, the guard is like, Well, he's your friend? Well, okay, we'll let all of you in. Have fun on the moon, kids. Whoosh. You don't even get a cutscene, you're just mooned. Uh at which point he's like, I never imagined that I would be on the moon. Look, there's the forward attack base that the bunny people are going to use to invade. It's like, yeah, okay, Ronaldo. It's fucking Ronaldo. I hate this. I hate that. I hate that this is the Steven Universe reference. That's what the big, big thing I hate there. Because <laughs> honestly, fuck that guy. He's like the worst. Uh, much worse than Dale Gribble. Dale Gribble fucking rules at times. <clears throat> fucking Ronaldo is permanently the shittiest. Much like this guy. Uh, so you go in, you encounter the uh, Laconic Loperate, which we never get a name for him, right? He's just Laconic Loperate? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I guess like there's, they're still trying to decide if like, if like Spartan way can fit as a name. <laughs> Thermopylian way, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <Leonidian> way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just thought that was weird because like, I like the Loprit names and like, it seems pretty easy to keep them in a God book so that you don't have to worry about stepping anyone's toes. Right. Like, uh, and just having called laconic Lopret. I'm like, I need to know what kind of way this motherfucker is, right? Especially obviously, you're like, well, especially because you're like, if Oda doesn't have the God book and you pull out yours, I definitely have one and it's full of Loperets. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we literally do, right? We have gaming way and scamming way and like, <laughs> investing way and all sorts of, <laughs> right? Let me talk to you about junk bonds. <laughs> <laughs> Unregulated markets, highest growth. Hmm. <laughs> Lots of potential in this field. Very low risk. I have an in. <laughs> you have to understand the paradoxical nature of high interest loans in sufficient volume offsets the inherent risk of each individual loan. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about collateralized debt obligations. <laughs> yes, uh, no, meanwhile, I want- they're like also deeply vested in in like in like Olda and like they're trying to get rid of the petrodollar in favor of the petro carrot. Yeah, uh, and that was the that was the funniest thing is that in the Hingen one, there's a moment where it's like you have to pay seventy thousand gil for a, a a kimono, and the obvious answer is, "Bruh, my fucking crafted gear costs more than that. I'm pen melded on this shit. Like it, fucking, like I will slam that down the table." And the second option is uh, the more Hildebrandy one. I mean, both of them are Hildebrandy, right? Big like Jeeves, get my checkbook is pretty handy. Uh, Hildebrand, but the second one is like, "Yo, man, I got a gambling problem. Uh, love the horse birds. Been down at the track, lost it all on like melodic que and <laughs> it's like symphonic que or whatever, right? Like that. Uh, at this point in the the end of the Stormblood ones and now in Endwalker, you, you are fully a Hildebrand character, right? Like you are wackier yeah. than like Godbert most of the time, right? Like, <laughs> uh, so you go up to the moon, talk to the Laconic Loperate, Delian accuses them of being alien brainwave parasites, and you're like, okay, yeah, okay, fine. Let's just go find where Hildebrand is, because he's on here somewhere. The UFO went up here. And so you go to Bestways Burrows, right? Like and the uh, you go around talking to each and every Loprit. Nashu loves all of them. Delian is like, these are their tanks to clone them to invade our minds. Uh, and uh, you find out that like there's been some weird shit seen around the northern Mare Lamentorum, you know, around big with a big face. Big face yeah. is cool, right? And you've also got these Loprits that are like, the source of being accused of conspiracies against mankind. And they've just got this big energy of what the hell is he talking about? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, so you go out to the Mari Lamentorum. Uh, first you sight uh, at very long distance, you sight the spaceship floating around Delian and Nashu talk about moon stuff for a minute. And that doesn't really matter. Nashu is absolutely in love with all the stuff on the moon. Delian's like, this is how they're planning to destroy us. And after sniping the uh, thing, you go over where it was floating and you find uh, that your field has been absolutely leavened, just spronkled with uh, Hildebrand asses. Right. 
the the field has uh, bloomed a mighty a mighty yeah. harvest of Hilda Hilda cheeks. And in the most Hilda Brandian way, he's not faced with an existential crisis. He simply welcomes his fellow gentlemen inspectors to the fold. Mm-hmm. Literally, he's like, "Ah, oh, what a spiffing gentleman!" And then they have a gentleman off, and a third one wakes up and is like, "Ah, oh, I see we've yeah. assembled an impromptu gentlemen's club." Yeah, big mm-hmm. energy, big energy of of like, well, it's all the miracle of cloning. Hello, Hildebrand. Hello, Hildebrand. Hello, Hildebrand from Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, much like Jurassic Park, it all ends in a series of destruction and fire. Because Nashi's like, I know how to identify a real Hildebrand. Hang on one second. And uh, picks up a bomb. And they all turn as one and be like, no, Nashu, we... Trained you in deduction, not destruction. It's like, have you bet Nashu at this point, my guy, Chief? This is like, okay, whatever. Uh, I was saddened because the the Dango bombs are gone. Because during all of Stormblood, Nashu used three bombs on like a kebab, uh, like like the snack food Dango, right? Like, uh, and now she's back to the solo like uh, white bombs, which I'm like, dang it. I was really hoping we'd get a Dango one. She's like, oops, that's for the different arc. Never mind this one, right? Uh, or moon bombs, which I suppose a white bomb is a moon bomb. There's actually a little bit of an animation error in this. When she lights the bomb, the bomb like moves, like clearly a re-render, <laughs> like glitch. And I thought that was really interesting because this also has some new assets, right? The baby Luna Tender, the spaceship, shit like that. Uh, so after blowing everything, the crap up, uh, the spaceship uh, repairs. Uh, only one of the Hildebrands managed to run away from Nashu's bomb, which, as you know, is atypical for a Hildebrand. The the the, the Mandervillian thing is to get hit by the bomb, uh, and so you're like, "That's a that's a not a very good clone. That's a fuck up clone right there. I don't trust that <laughs> one." And then uh, the alien ship appears, shoots down a beam, which kills all the Hildebrands, and then. Uh, the real Hildebrand reappears. And then you get an echo flashback for what happened to seed this field with so much gentleman ass. And it turns out Hildebrand was just fucking around in the spaceship and hit a button that cloned himself like a million times. And uh, seeing no way to resolve it, the little alien loon tender on it uh, just launched a giant duplicate Nashu bomb at all of them as they were like milling around a gentlemanly style. <laughs> and this is how they all ended up in the the classic Hildebrand ass down pose right uh so you've given you've found hildebrand mission accomplished but then you're approached by the laconic lopret who tells you that there's some jackass wandering around outside and he's in a blown up suit and uh weren't you looking for your friend and you turn to hildebrand like there is one like yoda no there is another (laughs) right (laughs) and so you go off on a search with everybody with the the new little alien with the laconic lopret with Hildebrand, Nashu, and Delian to find the last clone. So hopefully there's only one Hildebrand running around because we've we've gone from zero Hildebrands to a lot. And that, that's a lot for anyone. Which feels like overcompensation for his absence in Shadowbringers. Oh, absolutely. And uh, so you go around and you find uh, there's a lot of mobs that have their brain caved in with a, a goldsmith hammer. A lot of mobs, actually. And Hildebrand's like, I see nothing suspicious about this. We should move on. Right, because Godbird's here. Godbird's on the moon. You're like, okay, if anyone's on the fucking moon, it's Godbird, right? Like, yeah, be, just because, uh, just because. 
And uh, so you loop back around to the northern Mare Lamentorum. It takes in a full circuit of the moon, which is fucking incredibly toxic to navigate on foot. Because uh, you have to, because it's a it, they're following you quest. And uh, this is one part that annoyed me, because fucking navigating around that one like canyon fucking ages me years in like five minutes of just like holding <laughs> forward. Just because every si- little spot where it looks like you can jump across, you cannot, because there's an invisible wall there, because they don't want you falling down into the fire, which I'm like, fine, but please give us a bridge now that we've beaten fucking Endwalker, right? Like, Zodiac's dead, the fire's gone, give it to me. And... So you eventually get to the big face, right? The big rad face. You've seen all the movies. It's great. Uh, and uh, you can see the imposter. But what's more, approaching from on top of the face, it's him. It's Godbert Manderville. And upon seeing his son, he does the only thing any responsible father would do and tries to dropkick him at like Mach 2. Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the watcher is back there, you know, with his telescope going, hmm. okay (laughs) this is all right uh this journal got a lot fuller than it has been in the past ten thousand years Mm -hmm. didn't you i don't you and the law parade talk to him too while while you're looking for hildebrand uh yeah 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 yeah, you talk to the watcher and you're like so what are you doing Uh, what have you been doing lately he goes i'm gonna be honest with you i'm doing fucking nothing and it's awesome i ain't doing (laughs) shit dog like i watched i held i held out for like ten thousand years you guys are fucking around doing orders and stuff now i'm i'm basically chilling and lopper's like same (laughs) <laughs> basically, basically chilling is the order of the day hmm? <laughs> and uh the duplicate manderville does another unmandervillian thing which is dodge and of course godbert is like what son of mine would reject my fatherly affections yeah, and so big, he turns big nunny energy yeah yeah and of course the uh he turns to the real Manderville who's standing next to you, who is like, oh, Christ, oh, God. And he takes off in a Mandervillian comic fashion where he's not able to dodge, just run comedically away, producing a huge plume of smoke. Uh, and then gets fucking pulverized. But, and then uh, Godbert is- unleashes the tornado maneuver on him. And then yeah. the clone finds the real Manderville within him. <laughs> this is also the point where... Uh, I was telling Sean off podcast. This is the point where for some reason I was starting to get overloaded and I was starting to lose interest, right? Where Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, this is actually too much silly going on at once. Trust me, this has a payoff, but I'm, I'm watching them dash all over the place here. Right. At like Mm -hmm. at warp speed. And I'm starting to go, this is just getting silly for silly's sake, right? This is this mm-hmm. is lay random the quest, and that and that's a lot. It takes a lot of Hildebrand to call it, you know, lay random the quest in an unusual way. Yeah, but of course the the dramatic irony is refused, right? Because the exact same thing that you would expect to happen if this was a serious narrative occurs, where the Hildebrand clone finds the Hildebrand within him and tries to help Hildebrand. <laughs> only to get sucked into the tornado himself, spun around into the ethereal, the dance of ethereal twins attack, rarest of all the fatherly affection maneuvers. Uh, <laughs> and uh, 
launched into the face of the thing, each one making a separate nostril hole on the face of the moon. Which unleashes the most lol so random thing in this whole fucking quest. Yes. The fucking the, the, dancing Lopritz chamber. <laughs> yes, the point that almost made me turn it off. Mm-hmm. Right? Because they crash into this big giant face and suddenly this big fucking the, the Main Street Electric Parade slash Lopret Idols arrive. Mm-hmm. And it just, it raises into the air and it's a platform. And like, I remember, I thought it was really funny in one part, but I was also like overwhelmed with anger where I'm like, why? Why are there Lopret Idols here? There's no comedic structure to this. It's just, let's up the ante with Lopret Idols dancing. Oh, so funny. And then it closes. Yeah. Yeah, and then the laconic Lopret turns to you and is like, to be honest, we had forgotten about <laughs> them, that they were there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, perfect, immaculate, right? <laughs> yes, the comedic payoff hit me at my lowest point. It's like, <laughs> this, in terms of comedy, right, this was, this was, this was, uh, the laconic Lopret pointing down and going, do you see those two sets of footprints in the moon sand? <laughs> I'm like, yes. And he's like, that's where I was with you. And and he's all like, do you see where it's one set of footprints? Yes, that's where I carried you. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. And it's, it, it's fucking great. Now, it wraps up. You all go back home to the Earth. Uh, and the real investigation has to commence solving, you know, a mystery. Because you see, there appears to be a man of not one, not two, not three. We'll keep going this whole way. Not four. Maybe even five. No, not five. Six. No, 1,000 faces. He's back. The shadowy figure whose model is only wearing underwear and clad in <laughs> darkness sneaks into Radzad Han and steals uh, Dr. Dr. Jigao's head uh, causing a prison break and presumably starting another season of Dragon Ball Z. Well, there is a a completely non-zero chance that he's off to go make the Red Ribbon Army. Yeah, literally, yes. (laughs) Uh, And uh, I think Hildebrand cyborgs and a cell being made out of Hildebrand DNA are like not out of off the table. Oh, Hildebrand being forced to face the concept of an evil Hildebrand that just breaks his mind is kind mm-hmm. of interesting. Yeah, I think I think an evil Hildebrand would be good. I think that's uh, that's what they're ramping up to, right? Especially because that's kind of like the world's strongest thing that they was trying to clone, you know, Goku slash Gohan, whichever one is the world's strongest at the the point in 1990. It's hard to remember. And this, of course, leads into the Manderville weapon quest. Now, there's not a lot to these so far, right? Uh, just because the structure of relic weapons is spread out over the course of a lot of patches, right? And uh, it begins with Godbert being like, I couldn't defend everyone while I was in Rods at Han, so I decided I would make a powerful weapon so that people could defend themselves. And I'm like, Godbert, this is kind of like not the greatest idea, especially now that the final days is over, right? Like the <laughs> unprecedented threat has in fact passed. So I don't know if mass armament is like the best idea, especially and then, with- Yeah, and then his counter though is like, 
Yeah, but I talked it over with Rowena and decided we're gonna we're gonna move forward on that project. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> like step one, here's Gerald, and he doesn't really want to work for us. And then Vanderbilt's like, "It's a shame you don't want to work for us." I had asked Rowena who the most talented blacksmith is, and he's like, "Okay, fine, fuck, fuck, I'm so in debt. Okay, I'll do the thing." And we're like, "Oh, fucking free Gerald, dude." Right but meanwhile, he's still looking at Godbert, and it's like, "I don't know why you're here. You're still fucking bad at everything you do." And he's all like. Oh, contraire, observe, and he does my favorite thing that Godbert has ever done, which is impressive because Godbert has done a lot of things that I love. He literally switches to Goldsmith from mm-hmm. his character sheet that yeah. has the sound of switching to a different to a different job with a different glamour, which is naked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. Yeah, it's fucking phenomenal. And the 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 uh mechanism of the game the diegetic class switch is something that the game has not like played with enough except in like hildebrand quest right yeah uh and uh of course you are brought to a new area and where's this area as far from the etherite as humanly possible and so like players will be spread out from the center where there's supposed to be people milling around so that they know it's an occupied city and world full of other adventurers to the very outskirts where you can have distributed resources. Now, this is where I'm going to take off the... Oh, I have one more thing. Then you are told that there's a new Rowena trader right by the Aetherite, and when you know it, they've cornered the market on the Mandersite meteors. And I'm like, fucking God, I hate this. (laughs) This sucks so bad. Like, please, I will pay you one million gil for these meteors. And they're like, we need the tombstones. And I'm like, this is fucking, I need the, like, uh, some, like, uh, Sherman Act shit on this, right? Like, yeah, we need to break up going, She's just sitting there going that, like, mm, yeah, money is good, but uh, <clears throat> scripts are the grist that the mill of Monopoly requires. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the tombstones, right? The tombstones of astronomy that route yeah. to other worlds, right? The alleg mapping of space, right? And so that's why I'm like, oh fuck. So yeah, that's going to explain why Rowena is in in space, right? Later on, the your character reacts to this not great, and is like, oh great, fucking Christ, I hate this bitch, right? Like, uh, so let me get into where this quest is great. This quest takes you past a lot of shit that's really interesting. Did you notice? In that area where Godbert is, there's an NPC just like a few feet from the Etherite. Other than the Rowena one? Other than the Rowena one, right. In the in the little Ethernet uh, corner where Godbert is. I don't think so. Do elaborate on what, on what you're about to say. The girl you helped in the Emiliance, uh custom turn-in quests. She's like, I learned all of magic, and now I've gone home and learning alchemy, and all my magic stuff applies so well. And I'm a double apprentice. I'm going to get my double masters. Everyone thinks I'm great. And I'm like, that's really cool. Because the same thing happened at the start of the quest when you went to the um, uh, the bar in the Crystarium, right? Because it's formatted the same if you've done the the all the Shadowbringers role quests and bonus quests. The Shadowkeeper and Unalaki are still there. <laughs> and like you can talk to them and get like an update on shit since uh since mm. it's been years. And it's like just fucking like clearly enthusiasm for people doing side content, right? Like because it's yes. connecting the martial quests, right? The the relic weapon and 
narrative quests, which are the uh, role quest bonus super adventure post game, right? And the obvious crafting quests, right? The optional content. So it's giving you like doubling rewards for every single thing you've completed in the course of the game. It's like, here, look, there's more stuff because you did this. Good job, right? Yeah. It's, it's really paradigm affirming. That reminds me that uh, you'd be pleased to know that I just watched the fishing quests get completed. Oh. Um, yeah, and and I'd completely forgotten that we even did an episode where this was brought up. And the fucking uh, guild leader. The Susanu gets, Sea Serpents, right? Yeah, and and the the in the Realm Reborn ones, I think it's like the I think it's the level fifty quest. Could be no, it's level forty eight quest or forty five quest, where the guild leader is all like you know, they say that there's an Ishgardian noble somewhere here in Limsa living under an assumed identity, and maybe he's the one buying this, these fish. I don't mm-hmm. fucking know. And I'm like, Yoshi P, how deep does this go? You motherfucker. Right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's so funny because, like, they were building that up for so long, and he's referenced so many times. And and you're like, okay, so the payoff, like, has got to be in the MSQ, right? Nope. The payoff is in the goddamn Charlemagne quest. Mm-hmm. Custom deliveries in the firmament, and yeah, <laughs> that that is incredibly mature to me. By the way, yeah. to resist the allure to set the stakes too high above the tent pole um, when you're on writing on Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. also Spotify or anywhere else that you, uh, yep, not that wherever podcasts are found, yeah, uh, where they hope you have a wonderful day. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't. I, I've never heard of them. I'm just speculating that those people. Yeah. Sound like the type of assholes that would talk about stakes and tents. Just hypothecating, uh, yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, no, it's such a piece of writing maturity to have a buildup and a payoff, but to not like oversubstantiate the payoff. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I think that that like uh the audience finds itself, right? Like that it, it's an example of like a didactic public, right? That it like the people who delve deeply inside content and read the text will get more out of it, not just because there's more to read, but because more connections we made and more concepts will interlock and more narrative lines will thread through each other until it's a very, very intricate world in addition to being a complex yeah. one. Well, you know what else I would say is that this is like uh, a reverse Martin theory. Right, where mm-hmm. George R. R. Martin made the big point that he wants to kill a major character early. That way, for the rest of the series, you never know uh, who's going to die. Nobody feels safe, which is like fair. I understand that concept, even if I think he leans into it a little too much. Mm-hmm. This is like a, an inverse of that, where by having a big buildup and payoff that in this way, you never know when somebody or something is going to be relevant, and you always have to be like on your toes for when it's going to make another appearance. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's almost like a more positive, uh, less wretched version. Uh, and I don't mean wretched as in bad, I mean wretched as in like less evil version mm-hmm. of the George R. R. Martin kill Ned Stark theory. Yeah. Uh, I think it's also in line with what I was saying, where it's like why I was sad that the Lopret didn't have a name. Yeah. Right, because I want it to not just be like a laconic lopret. I want it to be like, like exploring way or like investigating way or something. Right, and uh, having it just be like, yeah, it's a lopret. Doesn't talk a lot. I'm like, eh, it's not great because like it also takes me out of the immersion because my characters 
goals and Hildebrand aligned with me, and that's trying to find out the funny name on the Bunny Man, right? I am dying. It just occurred to me that he's that maybe like he literally just is called Laconic Lopperit because they were like, if you agree to go to this all you can eat buffet. And if you acquire all of these crabs and you don't eat them, you will still be responsible for additional waste costs for not eating the crabs. And his only response was, if. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then he should still be laconic way, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean now, if they, they have to be gerunds, such- right? Like if they have to be gerund verbs, that would be one they, thing. But- now, I suspect they may be setting us up for a reveal of some sort. It's like he's scheming way or something or like abducting yeah. way. I would kill yeah. for like, I would, it, it doesn't work at all. However, I would kill for a operate called like kill Royin way who like <laughs> comes out as a operate robot and he's obviously just a operate. And then he pulls off the mask and reveals that he's kill Royin way. <laughs> God. So, um, let's talk about some things that are supplemental to this quest, right? Because one of them is, and this is kind of a big one, if you haven't cleared out uh, the Endwalker role quests and then do this and then the Endwalker role quests, there's this weird moment where you've just moonwalked through the Tower of Babel when it was supposed to be full of monsters. This is because I think they just ran out of narrative space by making the Tower of Babel the moon connection. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously they have the stake in Nero's quest and stuff at the end of the role quest combination that you have to clear out the Tower of Babel so that the moon could be reopened so that the Garlean refugees can go migrate to the moon. But also you have to still be able to get to the moon, right? So this is one of the moments where they don't have the quests be contingent and interlocking in this way, right? Because obviously the requirement of having cleared all the role quests and the bonus role quest content would probably be a bridge too far, especially for people who have already, you know, like, just like, I'm a tank, I'm a fully dedicated tank. What do you mean I have to level DPS, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, making the Mandeville content only available to the grindiest, crunchiest, everything leveled players would be absurd and it would be obscene. Uh, but because of the way the story is structured, there's only one way of the moon other than the etherite, and it just kind of ends up that way. Well, I was going to say the, the big takeaway that I got from this that really excited me strangely has nothing to do with lore or anything like that. It's how excited I am that I finally found a rapier for a red mage that looks better than the Moogle rapier. Oh, does it? Oh, it See, looks great. Like this looks like this looks like the uh the kind if D'Artagnan never joined the three musketeers but came into a lot of wealth and wanted to like be seen as a musketeer through extremely gouty expensive investments, this is the type of rapier he would be using. Mhm. And like uh, I don't believe that you should be using anything except the gaudiest where how much money did you spend on that? I see subtlety is not in your lexicon rapier. Mm-hmm. I think that's reasonable. I didn't really like most of them. Uh I think they're just like very much the a stage one relic, and I don't like pretty much any of the <laughs> stage one relics. Uh the the one I went with is the Bard one, which I believe is the model is reused, the heart bow. Oh boy. Uh, uh, it is retextured, right? It has a different texture on it, but it is does look like uh, several other like harp bows in the game, as does like the Gunbreaker um, 
uh, Gunblade, which was my other choice, right? Uh, and I was like, okay, yeah, fine, right? It's a tier one. They're gonna. It doesn't even have sparklies yet. So is it even a relic yet? Who, who <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is, it is, like, I'll admit, I'm a little strangely disappointed that the first leg was, like, have you run four dungeons? Yeah? Yeah. Right, here, here's, here's your relic weapon. Like, mm-hmm. uh, one of the reasons I don't like that, in general, in any video game, is because it makes an entire slot, uh, removed from the fun part of, of paying the iron price for, mm-hmm. uh, for a weapon. Uh, yeah. Like, I don't have a problem with, like, relic weapons and whatnot, but you have to put some effort behind it because going out and getting an upgrade, killing something, and, like, taking the loot off the corpse is fun. Oh, I actually have a complication on this. Yeah, continue. Well, I was just going to say, it makes the serotonin flow, right? The dopamine goes fucking wild when you do that, and having a dead slot that just binarily upgrades itself, it just kind of frustrates me. Yeah. So really quick, how many level 90 dungeons are there? You don't need an exact number. Five? Uh, but yeah. Uh, and how many of those are regularly run? I mean, I would say two. Yep. You've got the dead ends and then the, the most recent one, right? That drops the, the highest level gear because everything else is like 10 fucking gear score behind. Yeah. What did we talk about like a few episodes back with Rico? What did we talk about? The uh, the gatherer quests, which mm. specifically involve helping the little dead end guys yes. have a good, nice time. And so, yeah, Rowena's like, yeah, go do this. And I'm like, okay, expert and level 90 dungeons here. I, uh, okay. And I got dead ends like three times. <laughs> right? And I'm like, fuck, I don't want to kill the grebulorfs anymore please stop making me kill grebulorfs right like (laughs) (laughs) ah and it's just like a weird thing because this dungeon doesn't line up with the plot of you know the uh gatherer quests in the same way that uh everything else does line up pretty well because i'd fucking love to run troya over and over again right like i'll kill void spawn for days let's do this fucking thing especially with christmas coming up especially with christmas coming up this reminds me how much i miss uh the matoya dungeon from shadowbringers Mm -hmm. and that one was great in the roulette Right, and and the reason I say with Christmas coming up is because, like, I go in and I hear that music, and the first thing I hear is that old Eminem commercial where they're like, he does exist, and he passes out, and Santa's like, they do exist, and he passes out, and the yellow Mm -hmm. Eminem is like, Santa? Right, like, Mm -hmm. every time I'm in there, I'm like, I am so hyped to go Christmas shopping. (laughs) Fair. And, like, Dead Ends is a a real slow dungeon. There's a lot of, like, moments of waiting for, like, a wall to come down and stuff uh and the bosses are not particularly fun especially the second boss right uh so like having to repeat that one because it is absolutely the most played level 90 dungeon in roulettes is like fucking miserable right (laughs) please stop making me do this i almost never see the um uh the underwater one right the the one that was in 6.1 oh yeah like that's a dungeon, right? Like, well, <laughs> please let us go back there. <laughs> well, the, the odds of you getting that are like a little slim because that won't be in the elite dungeons. That'll be in like the 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 pool. 
Mm. And odds are, if you're doing that, you're probably doing one of your leveling classes to squeak out a little bit of EXP. Yeah, I'm just talking about having bounce between level 90 dungeon and expert. Yeah, like, okay. yeah no, <laughs> no, fair enough. Like the weave parts for we alone is just not uh, not it, like it's not yeah. coming up. And uh, how many times have have uh, have you run into uh, Scaramucci coming out and you going to you again? How many times do I have to teach you this lesson, Eamon? <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> a lot actually. <laughs> uh, no, uh, so it would be uh, somewhat fun if they added some more hard dungeons. It's like old content. I think part of it is because they added the Criterion dungeon, and so there's this other piece of content that's not rouletteable. Mm. And honestly, I would like to be in that roulette sometimes and just be given like, here's the solo version, or here's a random party with it, right? Yeah, that- like. Yeah, I can see it. I, by the way, I'm also laughing at the idea with that of uh, Scaramucci coming out and you fighting him, and one of his lines going, "The marvels of circus were but an appetizer." <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe that's it. Maybe he's Fan Daniel Way. Holy shit! Holy shit! Now for, uh, no, we're we're gonna go into further next episode who he really is, which is that uh. Uh, you're going to come up and you're going to approach him in like the next patch. You're going to be like, hey, Laconic, La- La- Laconic Lopard, are you all right? And then he turns around and you hear that dun, 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 dun. And he's wearing Gaius Van Belsar, Black Wolf of the 14th Legion's mask. And he's all like, tell me, for whom do you fight? Oh, fuck, um, he's Ayers Baining way. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Terminus Esting way. Terminus Esting way. Yeah. <laughs> and that is who our next episode will be on the trials and tribulations of Terminus Esting way, the best lopper of yeah. all. Uh, how I mean, very glib. <laughs> how very glib. Mm. Uh, so, so long as you lavish them with carrots. Carrots and ether. <laughs> They'll respond. Uh, in the description for this episode, there will be a link to all of our socials, Twitter for as long as it lasts, but more importantly, a Discord server which you can join if you want to talk to us about the content of these episodes. Maybe join up as we run a whole bunch of expert roulettes to get a whole bunch of Mander, Mander Manderville weapons on all of our guys. We've got a lot of guys. They need a lot of weapons. Just the, oh, yeah. just the facts, man. Yeah, uh, and we're, we're sitting here like every time we hand over some of these tombstones, they're like, there is no such thing as ethical consumption under Rowena. fucking hard agree there Uh, and if you could take this episode maybe share it with a friend who's not quite sold on doing the relic this year because of the hildebrand stuff they have to get through maybe someone who's a big weeb and doesn't normally do the hardcore like raidery content so isn't interested in the relic either maybe this would get them to do it and it would give us another list we would be really appreciative for give us a rating or review that would also help a ton But above all else, much like on writing, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Whoever they are. Whoever they are.